0: It is such a privilege to stand before you to bring a message from the Word of God. The title for my message this morning is Strength for the Weary and Weak. And the portion of Scripture I would like for you to consider is from the book of Isaiah chapter 40, verses 25 through 31. Uh, The book of Isaiah chapter 40, verses 25 through 31. 31. Let me read that. To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? Asks the Holy One. Look up into the heavens. Who created all the stars? He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. Oh, Jacob, how can you say, The Lord does not see your troubles. O Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired. And young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Please pray with me. God, this morning I am filled with the preciousness of your word. And Lord, I am reminded of Psalm 130. If you had to count all of our sins and iniquities and trespasses, who would stand before you? But the good news is that there is forgiveness with you so that you may be feared. Help us that we may unite our hearts to fear your name. And thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. I pray that through your Holy Spirit that we would see new things in light of your word that my words may be acceptable in your sight, and then those who hear may be lifted on, lifted up into new heights of glory, and they might see Jesus Christ glorified, and they may be filled with strength and power, and not be weak and weary. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Well, the Apostle Paul told the Thessalonians in the book of Thessalonians, we long to see you. And this is our desire as well, at, uh, as, as well at Sunrise Church, to long to see you in person. Uh, but this global pandemic has surely changed the way that we interact with each other. Uh, last week, uh, I was at my son's high school graduation, and uh, it was in a soccer field, and we had seen people we had not seen in a while, and we wanted to hug and handshake, and yet uh, there were hesitations. Uh, we invited family and friends, from family from different parts of the country, and many, uh, actually all of them could not make it for obvious reasons. We wanted to have friends um, and to celebrate our son's graduation at our home with a dinner and a nice meal, and we still couldn't do it. You know, these, this is, we're in a season where we, we want, you could not say, we've always done it this way and get away with it. And with everything that's going on around us, uh, with COVID-19, uh, perhaps you feel at home, and you still quite don't feel that you're at home. And maybe you're uh, you're at home watching uh, breaking news, and and that changes every minute. And perhaps your nerves are wearing thin. Maybe you have lost a job during this season. Perhaps you're a a business owner and you're struggling with the business. Uh, Maybe you're someone who likes to be in control and this is a season where the government is making decisions for you. Or maybe you're one of those who's just a free-spirited person and you just can't wait to get out. Uh, Whatever this season has uh, brought us into our lives, and one day we're told, we will go into phase two, and now we're told, no, not yet. Uh, perhaps this season has left you anxious and weary and weak. Well, my goal in this passage, as looking at this passage, is my attempt to show that God promises strength for the weary and weak for those who will wait on him. God promises not just strength, but press strength. We will look at that verse. New strength. Strength that will make you rise and soar like eagle. That will make you run and walk and not faint. So let me uh, give a little introduction or a a context to the passage that I just read. Uh, This passage from Isaiah chapter 40 goes way back to 2,700 years ago. And in the year 740 B.C., God called Isaiah to be a prophet to the, to the people of Israel. And during his time, the, the nation of Israel was divided into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. Now, why, would, why was it divided? It was divided because of the sin of their leaders. And in chapter 39, Isaiah prophesied to God's people, saying that they would go into exile. Now, why would God send his own people into exile? Well, God sends people into exile because he promised it. If you even look backwards into the, uh, the five books of the law and the Mosaic Covenant, as it, as it is called, God promised blessings for obedience and curses or exile for disobedience disobedience. So in Isaiah's time, we see that the people of God, the old covenant people, had disobeyed God, they had gone after other gods, and they had forsaken the covenant of God. But God had repeatedly warned them by sending his messengers and prophets and, and and instructed them that you must follow me, that you must stick to the covenant. And after Warning for years and years. Finally, this was the time Isaiah is writing to his people, saying, you will go into exile. That was the context. And how long was this going to be? This was going to be a long exile. 70 years was the uh, time that they were going to spend in exile. However, even with this future exile... In view, God also had plans to bring back the people of God, to restore them after the exile. Now, this claim by God through the prophet Isaiah, claiming that God would send them into exile but also restore them was a really tall claim because one commentator writes that no one who had been taken captive by other kings had really come back to their own land. So God is not only saying you'll go into exile but you'll also return to your own land. This was a promise by God. So in that in the in the light of Isaiah in the light of the exile, Isaiah writes to to the people of God and in 40 he 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 writes a word of comfort. He is writing a word of comfort saying that they would have to wait on God's timing. Let me repeat that. They would have to wait on God's timing. Remember I just said this was going to be a long wait. About 70 years. And this is what God promises in Isaiah chapter 40. Those who wait on God will find renewed strength. Now A little note about the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. You and I are not in the Old Covenant, as we see in the Old Testament. You and I are in a far better covenant. You know, under the Old Covenant, the law was written on tablets of stone. But with the inauguration of the church on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came, the law of God is actually now written on tablets of our hearts the Holy Spirit has been given to you as followers of Jesus Christ. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit. You and I have been forgiven of our sins, and we have a sure hope in Jesus Christ because of Jesus Christ. However, with the current COVID situation, it does feel like we're, we're at home, but we're not at home. It does feel like we're... Maybe you're feeling like you're in exile. Does it make you wonder... Who is really in charge of human affairs? We're told we are going to go back to normal, and yet we're told not yet. Who can we look to? Well, I have three observations from, my, from this passage that we looked at. First observation is look up and see. Let's look at verses 25 and 26 from Isaiah chapter 40. To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? Asks the Holy One. Look up into the heavens who created all the stars. He brings them out like an army one after another, calling each by its name. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. Do you ever wonder how big God is? You know, many people have made their own gods according to their own imagination. And the Bible tells us that idols are an outrage to God, to the living God. And honestly, I think many of the idols are just grotesque. And some of them do outrageous things. You know, I was reading about the story of a Babylonian epic. During the time of Isaiah, there was a God, a young God named Marduk... And the people around the nation of Israel, the surrounding nations, worshipped this god Marduk. And Marduk, who used to name the stars as deities, you know what he did? He fought with other gods. And this was the context Isaiah was writing to the people of God. And so in this passage in 25, 25, verse 25 and 26, the prophet Isaiah is drawing a contrast to the gods of the time. And to the one and true living God in the Bible. He's saying, who will you compare me to? The one and only true God of the Bible. I remember someone asking me once, how do I know, uh, how do I know God? And how do I know which one is true? I guess he assumed that there were a lot of gods that he could choose from. And my mind instinctively went to Psalm 19 and verse 1. It said, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. And how, how do you know which one is the true God? Has anyone asked you that question? The answer is in Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 10. It, this is what it says. The Lord God is the only true God, the living God, and the everlasting King. Your friend, have you ever looked into the night sky and start counting the stars? Perhaps you see a thousand maybe? A hundred thousand? A million? You know, it's estimated that there are as many stars as the grains of sand in all the beaches of the world. You know, that is too many to count. You know, a mathematician said, it is 10 to the power to the exponent of 22 or 21. That's just too many to count. But here's my point. God is the one who created the stars, and not only did he create the stars, he numbers them, and not even one is missing. Verse 26. There are no rogue galaxies with God, no runaway, with, runaway stars with God. And even Isaiah 40 tells us that God is able to measure the whole span of the whole sky in heaven's. I do not know anyone who does that. Do you? But here's the implication of this verse. The God who made the stars, who numbers them and knows them by name, also can number the hairs of your head. He knows you're rising up. You're going to bed. You're going out. And you're coming in. Nothing escapes the attention of God. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, verses 6 and 7. Jesus tells a big crowd, What is the price of five sparrows, two copper coins? Yet God does not forget a a single one of them. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. You're valuable to God, dear child of God. So observation number one, look up in the heavens and see for the display of God's power and strength. Observation number two, hear and believe. Verses 27 through twenty-eight. 28, O Jacob, how can you say that the Lord does not see your troubles? O Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? Have you never heard? Have you never understood the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. So the first two verses we saw that God's strength is displayed in the cosmos, in the universe. And now God is instructing us through the prophet Isaiah that God's energy or strength is not depleted because he's maintaining the universe. He never grows weak. He never grows tired. You know, the ancient world viewed the gods of their times as not knowing all the information around them or being unaware of the events around them. I was reading a book by John Piper, and in his book, Coronavirus in Christ, John Piper talks about this virus as being a bitter providence to describe what's happening today. And John Piper argues that God is sovereign over all things, including this virus. God has not forgotten you. In Genesis chapter, eight, chapter 18, verse 25, Abraham asked this question, shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? God is not unaware of what you're going through or your trials or your hardship, and God is working all things according to the counsel of his will. So in verse 26, we saw God's strength and power on display in the cosmos. And in the second section we saw, verses 27, 28, we saw that that Isaiah is informing his people, even though God is a God of strength and power, his strength is never depleted. He never gets tired. And this is important because the ancient people viewed gods as being tired, needing food and drink, not with the God of the Bible. He never gets tired. His strength is never exhausted. And his understanding, did you look at that? No one can compare with his understanding. Who has counseled God? No one has counseled God. He has counseled himself. God does not need any counselors. Did you hear that, dear friend? And do you believe that? God is a God of strength. God does not lose his strength. He doesn't grow weak. But the best is yet to come. Verses, the last three verses, God gives strength. God is a giver of strength. So the third observation is ask and wait on God. God. Let's look at verses 29 through 31. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired. And young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Wow. Let's look at verse 29 again. It says, God gives. Let's pause right there. Did you see that? God is a giver of strength. Not only is a God of strength, he never loses his strength, but God wants to give strength. When was the last time you asked, we went to God in prayer and asked him for strength and power? You know, people today are looking at all the wrong things for for strength and power, whether it's money power or power through politics or power power through being a celebrity. And these days you find people trying to be powerful through writing or perhaps struggling and trying to inject drugs into their body or filling their mind with perverted things. And all those things will have an end one day. Human strength is not Without limitations, human endurance has a definite end. Even the best and the strongest get tired. However, God has an inexhaustible supply of strength. His strength is never depleted. And God wants to give you his strength. But only under one condition though. That's what verse 31 tells us. You must wait on God's terms. You heard Pastor James' preaching from last week. You must pray and ask God according to God's agenda, not your agenda. See, many of us have our own pages to work with. Lord, I want this, I want this. But what about God's agenda? And God is saying, if you wait on God, God will give you the strength. But first you must ask. The ask is implied. And you wait with earnest and eager anticipation. We don't wait passively. We wait actively, pleasing God and doing what he loves. And God will give us strength. And those who wait on God will not grow tired because their strength is not from themselves but from a God whose strength is limitless it's from a reservoir of strength that is always replenished with strength but wait a minute here we see that you in the last verse it says you will soar on soar high on wings like eagles and they will run and they will walk usually you would have the order as walk run and jump right it seems to be reversed isn't it but not with the Christian life because you see in Ephesians chapter 2 as a follower of Jesus Christ the bible tells us that god has already kept you in high places Ephesians 2 tells us that god has lifted you up to in heavenly places to be seated with Christ Jesus so he will make you soar and you see you ever seen an eagle eagle rise up It goes up so effortlessly. And this is the picture of how God wants to give you that power and strength. And the Bible also tells us to run this Christian walk with endurance. And finally, it says walk and not faint." The Bible tells us in Colossians, the book of Colossians, that walk in Christ, being rooted in him. So soar with him, run with him, and walk in him. And finally, as I started with the book of Isaiah, you know, God promised the exile, but he also promised to restore them. And if you read through the book of Isaiah, God did take them into exile. But as you see the end of the Old Testament, God restored the people of Israel. The temple was rebuilt. But you know what? God did not stop there. Something greater than the temple, God brought and that temple, greater than the temple, was God's own son, Jesus Christ. Dear child of God, do you want to receive power from God? What kind of power? Power over sin. Power to live a life for God. Power to live a life pleasing to him. Do you want to receive strength? Strength not from you but strength that will make you soar like an eagle. The only condition is you admit that you're weak. And the Apostle Paul said he had weakness in his body, and Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you. His strength is sufficient for you. And there are some people who don't want to wait, and they don't like to. You know, I remember a few years ago sitting in a restaurant... I was uh, waiting for my food, and a few tables across from me uh, sat a, an elderly man, perhaps in his 70s or so, and he had ordered this food, and a good 20 minutes had passed. Uh, I thought it was unusually long, and this man perhaps just could not take it anymore. And he took the, the water pitcher on the restaurant table and started pounding it, And to everybody's surprise, he started screaming and saying, Where is my food? Where is my food? Perhaps with this season you're feeling that way. When is this going to end, God? Or where is my relief? Do I get a break? God tells us through the prophet Isaiah, Ask him, wait on him, and he will renew your strength. Let us ask God, Let us ask Him. Let's wait on Him, and let's wait with patience till Jesus comes, or He takes us home. You know what what the Bible promises that He is able to sustain you till the end. And I want to end with the good news, dear friend. If you're watching this message, and if you have never experienced the power of God, you know the Bible tells us in Romans chapter three that the good news is the power of God to salvation, to everyone who believes. The Bible also tells us that all have sinned and have fallen short of God's standard. In the book of Hebrews, it, God's word tells us that it is appointed for man to die once and then comes judgment. Judgment for what? Judgment for whom? Judgment for those who sin and refuse to obey the good news. That's a terrible day you don't want to be in. However, there's a way out of judgment, dear friend. And the way out of judgment is to completely surrender your life to Jesus Christ. To wholly accept him as Lord and Savior of your life. And that's the only way out of judgment. Judgment. Jesus Christ is truly God and became truly human. And this human, and this God who took on humanity, Jesus Christ, he went through agony and he sweat drops of blood. You know why he did that? He did did it because to absorb the wrath of God, to take the judgment on himself. And Jesus was crucified in weakness. He can identify with your weakness. But you know what? Jesus did not stay dead. He rose again from the grave. And he rose again by the power of God. Here's the good news God wants to give you that resurrection power. The same power that rose, that made Jesus Christ rise from the dead. He wants to give you that power. Do you want this power? Do you want to be forgiven of your sin? You know, some people say, you know, sign on to Jesus Christ. Believe in him. Everything will become better. Jesus is not here to become, make you a better person. He is here. He has come to make you a new person. Altogether new. But you must first repent of your sin and trust in Jesus Christ. Will you trust in Jesus Christ? What keeps you from believing in him, in him my friend? Tell, the, tell God the issues of your heart. God will hear you, and God will give you strength and power. Let's pray. And if you've heard this gospel call, perhaps this is the only day that you're hearing this, dear friend. Don't let this opportunity go by. So let me pray and repeat. Pray with us. And if you want to connect with us, you can connect with us online. There are watch parties, and you can connect with us. We're writing to pastors at isunrise.com, or you could connect with us online, wherever you're watching. And we would love to go in this journey with you. You can connect with Jesus Christ. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, I have heard your good news. I am a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. I invite you into my life. Make me a new creation. Forgive me of my sin. I thank you that you have died on the cross for my sin. And all of my sins are washed away. And I thank you that you are with me even to the day that I die. And then you will receive me into glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.